Welcome back, everybody. And here we are, Hollywood Godfather. This is Gianni Russo, one of the writers of the book, Hollywood Godfather. And this is the Hollywood Godfather podcast. All this came from this book you and I wrote, Pat. I can't believe it. Wow, I'm telling you. This thing, it, this is the gift that keeps on giving. I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope. So far. So far. Well, I hope it's like uh, The Godfather, 48 years. I'll, I'll be, blah, 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 and I'll be 128. You'll be 128. 28, and we'll still be 128. <laughs> and Megan will be just as sweetheart as she is at 50. <laughs> 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 Megan Horan is here. Our Hello. coordinator, our organizer, our My Girl Friday, whatever. Monday, Tuesday, Happy Wednesday, Vegas. Thursday, Friday. <laughs> <laughs> All so right. What are we doing this evening? No, it's great. Miss Megan? Tonight, we will be dedicating this entire episode to your questions, our audience. I love it. episode. Yeah. Okay, then. And we have to remind the audience that we have not heard these questions in advance. So if we take a second or two to gather our thoughts, it's because they're, they're, it, this is entirely ad-libbed. Yes, only I have show, seen actually. Well, <laughs> yeah. that, that's, that's true. We that's, write very yeah. minimal notes. That's yeah, his explanation. Right I take a we few minutes because I'm old. We don't have scripts. We just get on the air and start <laughs> rapping. Anyway. We, we know a little bit, and then we just go with it. Very mm. little. That being said, let's get okay. into it. First message is from Guillermo. Guillermo says, Patrick, I read your book, book, Bloodshot Eyes, and it was great. A real page turner. You've mentioned that the story is based on a real case you investigated. Would you care to share? Okay, this was interesting. Uh, I was hired by Penthouse Magazine. You know, there are stories in Penthouse Magazine. I don't know if you're aware of that. Oh, yeah. Not just pictures. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) And uh, they won quite a few awards for investigative journalism. Not too many people know that. Anyway, I was hired to follow up on a rumor uh, that the son of Sam Killings, well, those of you who weren't around for that, in the late 70s, there was a serial killer operating in New York that was called the son of Sam because that's what he called himself uh, in various uh, letters to the uh, New York Daily News, Jimmy Breslin in particular, who was a reporter for the Daily News. Anyway, uh, there was a rumor that the uh, the serial killings were uh, the result of a conspiracy. And uh, when I was contacted, this was in the late 80s. By that time, the killer had been caught, convicted, and sentenced to prison for 330 years. His name was David Berkowitz. He said he did it all by himself. He pleaded guilty. You ready for this, Johnny? At arraignment. They, you know, arraignment is, is just to appear in court for the first time. And that's it. He pled guilty at arraignment. He did not want a jury trial. Well, that made it easy. <laughs> he didn't want a trial. Uh, and this got this writer from Penthouse to thinking, who the hell pleads guilty at arraignment? Work out a plea deal. Do something. He just pled guilty. So the rumor was that this was a conspiracy. Uh, he wasn't the only one involved. And they hired me to find uh, out if there was any truth to this. And what I found out was that there was a video. That, yes, it, there was a conspiracy. Really? This is, well, this is what I found out. Okay. Well, and I wasn't able 
to bring this to uh, fruition because there were big names involved. And I'll mention one, Andy Warhol. And if you don't know who he is, wow. he was a, a famous modern artist who uh, operated out of Pittsburgh. He was the guy who painted the Campbell soup cans, if you've ever seen them. Oh, he, did, he did everybody, Marilyn Monroe. Yeah, yeah there's a Liza Marilyn Monroe Minnelli. portrait that's very yeah, famous. Well, very, yeah, so many, yeah. Uh, did a lot of work in pastels, a very avant-garde guy, very famous at the time. He, he, he died... Uh, I think in the early 90s. I used to see him at, at, at the... He uh, was this is the way the story went, which I found out uh, up until a certain point, and I'll tell you why I had to quit this this investigation, but uh, he and a uh, and, and, and an artist who was also quite uh, well-known that, uh, off the top of my head, I forgot his name. It'll probably come to me. That specialized in sadomasochistic sexual artwork. And wow. I forget his name. I mean, you're talking about spikes through penises this is what he did oh my god uh, he, uh, he, yeah he got a, a half a million dollar uh grant from uh the uh federal government uh to continue with his art anyway are you kidding me the, the government paid and encouraged them to keep going well they they, they support artists uh, well i know but is the subject uh, matter mean uh, anything <laughs> uh, pbs television uh, NPR radio, they're all partially funded by the federal government. They get grants, as do artists, writers, anybody that's in the creative arts. Anybody no, I understand that, but I'm talking about when you're telling me the guy's the, subject matter. Doesn't make a difference. He was an artist, and that's how he conveyed his art. Wow. Anyway, I thought that kind of odd myself. Anyway, what I found out was that they would uh, recruit young boys that were into young men getting off the bus from Rikers Island when they were released. And there was a cult involved. Long story short, I can talk about this for hours. Long story short, David Berkowitz was involved, even though he never did any time. If you look at the beginnings of these killings, I believe there were six of them. The first one uh, was a woman by the name of Linda Vaskarichian who was killed in Forest Hills. Uh, there were numerous witnesses to this, to this shooting. This, this killer, David Berkowitz, Killed with a forty-four caliber handgun. Wow! There were numerous That's witnesses. A big to this gun, killing. man! All the composite pictures of the killings, you know, that the witness uh, uh, gave to the police, looked nothing like David Berkowitz. A tall, thin guy with long, curly hair. David Berkowitz was a short, fat, squat guy with short hair, and it's that's you, it looks like you just said, described. How Howard Stern. <laughs> you know, I was thinking the same thing, uh, but I didn't want to say it because that was last week, so I was cut off on Howard. But anyway, I started to look into it, and what I found out, uh, there was, in fact, a videotape. I tracked it down. It was, it was a soundless videotape of that particular killing. And obviously, the killer can't take pictures of his own act. Somebody else had to do it. Uh, I tracked the killing to a, a guy that was doing time for bank robbery in California. I went to see him and I figured this guy's gonna want something if in fact there is such a video. He didn't want anything except for one thing. He wanted to be transferred to the East Coast to be next to his family. Well, I couldn't guarantee that. I'm a, I'm a small time PI. I said, I can't do that, but I'll, I'll talk to people. You know, I mean, I know some people, but uh, maybe it'll work and maybe it won't. Anyway, he gives me the name of a woman who uh, was a secretary 
at this time, 10 years after the fact, in a, in a university in New York City. He said, she's got the videotape. I go back to this school, and I don't want to start mentioning the names of schools. And I approached this woman, and I told her why I was there. And the woman, I thought she was either going to faint or have a stroke. And I knew right away she was involved somehow. That said, she wouldn't give up. If there was, she, she, she denied there was a tape. Uh, and that's how I, I left it with her. I went back to Penthouse, and I told him basically what I just told our audience. Well, they're a lot more involved in it. We've been working on the thing for about four months. And they said, well, without the tape, we don't have a story. And I'm sure as soon as I left there, if this tape still existed, it was going to be destroyed. And that was the end of the story. That was the end of my investigation. I was so pissed off after all this work. I mean, I got paid for it that I couldn't, I couldn't close it. It was the last part of it. I needed that tape. It would have been a, a huge story. Oh my God. Yeah. I would have been on the map. I would have been made in my profession and it all went right down the drain. So to take out my frustrations, I wrote bloodshot eyes, which was a fictional version of that case. Oh, okay. And I, uh, I brought it to publishers. They loved it, but they said, you have to change the bad guy, the antagonist in this. I'm not going to tell you who it looked a lot like. You're going to have to buy the book to see it, but it's evident who I copied or who I, or who I used as the, the antagonist, the killer in this book. And they said, you got to change this because we're going to get sued. And I didn't want to change it because the guy that I had as the bad guy was a, a celebrity with a friend of mine. And he said, we can have a good time with this. So use it. I'll call them up myself and tell them that you and I agreed. They didn't believe him. And they said, no, you have to change. Why, no, he, why didn't he indemnify them too? Pardon me? Why didn't he just indemnify everybody? They didn't believe him. And if I told you who it was, you'd know why. Okay. Uh, and I don't want to do it because I don't want to spoil the book. But uh, that was the end of it. I, I I had to wind up either changing the the the, the bad guy in the book. They wanted to make him a, a, a investment banker or somebody like that. I said it's going to ruin the whole flavor of the book. This is my first book. Screw it. I'm going to self-publish it. And I did. And it was it's did pretty well uh, to the point where I wrote a sequel to the book. That was a that was entirely fictionalized. Uh, I used the same private investigator character in it. But that's the story behind Bloodshot Eyes. Wow. Hmm. Good well, story. I, I read both of the books, and I love them. Oh, oh you read them? Back? So okay. I highly recommend. Well, now that, I mean, now that we're answering the question, and we have a, you to critique it on air, would you mind critiquing it in, your, in your, what you've seen? I never read either one of them. So um, Critiquing it? How so? How'd you like it? How'd you like it? You read it. Well, I liked it. What did I said you, that. I liked what it. What did you like about great. it? <laughs> I um, love police procedural investigative crime type stuff. So it was definitely up my alley. Um, and it's always fascinating reading something that was written by, you know, a mind that you're somewhat familiar with. So I thought it was fascinating. I think it was a great story. Everybody has to read it. At least everybody. All right, great. Yeah. <laughs> But anyway, that's the story. And I was just starting out as a writer. I never wrote anything other than shopping list in my life. But uh, 
when you have a passion for something, and I had a passion for the book, not necessarily, or for the story, not necessarily a career in writing. But I did that, and I was hooked. That's great. Enjoyed it. I enjoyed well, I'm it. glad you got hooked, because then where would I be? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Next. All right, before we get on to our next question, we have to take a little break. All right. We got to make a few dollars here to pay the electric bill, I, I think, or something. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. We'll find you. Today's show is being sponsored by Cordelione Fine Italian Food Products. This sponsor really means a lot to me. Cordelione Fine Italian has taken the heart and soul of the Godfather films and created a line of food products that include pasta sauce, balsamic vinegar from Modena, Italy, Genco extra virgin olive oil from Sicily. They created delicious pasta sauces, marinade, tomato basil, arrabbiato, and my favorite, Clemenza's meat sauce. You will be amazed. You will think your grandmother made the sauce herself. CorleoneBuyingItalian.com that's CorleoneBuyingItalian.com. And we're back to the mailbag. All right, let's get back into it. The next question is from Lena. Lena says, Gianni, was there ever an instance where you were privy to a secret about an actor or mobster that the public could never know? Ever? Many. <laughs> and, there's a, and there's a lot of them that I will never tell. And most of them are passed on. I mean, the, the the circle I traveled in that's a that's a very broad question, and it encompasses a lot of people. Love affairs, who are celebrities who respect, are married. Yeah, part of your respect. Yeah, comes I from. Can you keep your mouth shut? Now that, but that was just with the mobs, and I I had to do that and prove that early on in my life. Fortunately, I'm still here, and. Um, I'm I'm the guy that you know is uh, you don't make love and tell, <laughs> so it, it, that's a, a loaded question. We'd be here all day naming people that I know I can't talk about for different reasons. Next, all right. Next is from Margaret. Margaret says, Johnny, if you could have anyone dead or alive be a guest on your show, who would it be? Frank Costello. Hmm? That'd be a hell of a show. Hello. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it was like full circle in my life. <laughs> All right. Next is from Tony. This question is actually for me. Tony says, Megan, I've been listening to the show since it began two years ago. What are your plans for the future? And do they include staying with the podcast? Hmm. Gianni, what do you think? <laughs> uh, I, no, think I am absolutely staying we we but made her an offer she can't refuse. Yeah, that's for sure. There's no, an, there's another organization. The only way you leave, you die. This is one of them. <laughs> uh oh, I didn't know I signed up for that. But no. once in, um, never out. <laughs> no, I'm definitely. Yeah, that that's better. She don't want to yeah. go anywhere. Anyway, we're having too much fun. Exactly, and I'm fortunate enough that Gianni's had me involved in in a lot of different things. In his world, and so far, so good. So I'm sticking with it. Yeah, I mean, this is this is not one dimensional here. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right, next is from John. John says, Johnny, if you could describe Marlon Brando in three words, what would they be? 
Oh my God. In three words? Yeah. Oh my God. Do I have to use three? <laughs> it's like three adjectives. Three adjectives. You know. Okay. I think he's probably one of the most complex people I know. That's five or six words. <laughs> complex. There we go. Complex. Um, unbelievably complex. I mean, he's an amazing man, actually. In fact, I have not met another person as strange and weird and complex and talented. I can go on and on and on with this guy. One of a kind, Marlon Brando. All right, next is from Liza. Liza says, Gianni, how often were you around Stevie Wonder? What stories do you have about him? I was around Stevie in, in, in a couple of great ways, creatively. Um, most people don't know I was involved with That's What Friends Were For, that he not only played piano, was an artist in, but he did the uh, A&R work on it. And I watched this guy, whoever's in our business, knows a console, 36 sliders and knobs. I mean, it's like, you know, in, insane. And here's a man that's blind, and they're, they're not a quarter of an inch away from each other. And he's moving them in, I mean, at the end of the day, I said, Stevie, I think you're lying to me. You could see better than me. And he started <laughs> hey, laughing. Johnny, who uh, uh, <coughs> has it that uh, at one time he was your chauffeur, is that true? Stevie Wonder, no. <laughs> <laughs> I love your humor. <laughs> yeah, right. I don't, I don't think Stevie... Yeah, yeah. What are you gonna do, <laughs> Pat? You ever see Stevie's house? No, he didn't either. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Clever. <Yeah. coughs> All right, moving on. This is he also from at you, Liza. Yeah. <laughs> Liza also asks, "How about Whitney Houston? How well did you know her?" Well, Whitney, I've known for a long time. It's so funny. I used to see Whitney as a little girl. <clears throat> When uh, her mother, most people don't know, was the lead singer in The Blossoms, Sissy Houston, for a friend of mine called Elvis Presley. And her father, which you're not going to believe, has a famous name called John Houston, and he was a bookmaker for the Gambino family in, in Newark, New Jersey. So I knew her a long time when she was singing at the church, and we hired we hired Whitney when we had to give the backup girls a, a, a break two or three weeks a year, and we tried to do it all the time while we here at Westbury or in the New York area because she lived in Orange, New Jersey, and uh, her aunt was Dion Warwick, which I managed and was a business partner with her for 15 years, and we heard her vocalizing one day in the stairwell at the, uh, uh, what was it called, Westchester Premier Theater, which was made famous for other reasons. But to hear her with a five and a half octave range, we knew she was going to be big. And obviously with her mother and, and Dion, their, their relationship with Clive Davis, who was Arista Records, who's still in the business, she went on to fame. And it was a shame what her demise was 
because the people in the know, like the Clive Davises and all that, after the movie Bodyguard, they thought she became too white. So they had her marry Bobby Brown, and the rest is history, unfortunately. Wow. What a talent. Yeah. All right, well, I'll pull this one because it's similar to the topic we just talked about. This one's from Lindsay. Lindsay says, Johnny, I've come across some photos and old videos of you with your time with Dionne Warwick. Feel free not to answer, but why do you not talk about her very much? You know, because she's a very private woman. It's like, uh, why would I talk about her? You know, she. Uh, I could talk to her, talk to her about her career. I, I, other than that, I'm not going to talk about her. People ask me that when the book came out. In fact, they did an article. If Pat remembers, when the book came out, they wanted to know why I didn't talk about Grace Kelly, and Grace Kelly and I were friends, and I knew her before she became the Grace Kelly we all knew. And she was living right here on 63rd Street at the Barbizon Hotel. Her family sent her here to go to finishing school. But, you know, it, it, I, I wouldn't tell you, there's certain things now we, that w Pat and I are wrestling with when we're doing, talking about Sinatra. There's certain things I can't reveal because he gave them to me as a friend. And, you know, it's, right. uh, it's, that's why I won't. I really won't. And and our 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 partnership, in in business and everything else, didn't end in a good way. Dion is a, a very tough, tough woman, and I I'm not the only one to say it. Everybody said it. I seen a skit on about her, on Saturday Night Live just recently, where she came out against somebody, and they did a whole bit on it, which I thought, oh my God, because she, she's very opinionated. And God forbid you don't like her opinion. <laughs> hmm. Moving on. Okay, from Jeremy. Gianni, have you ever been to any mafia funerals? If so, who were they? Too many. <laughs> <laughs> Too many mafia funerals. And I was so happy. I'm not in the mob, obviously. But I went out of respect. But, uh, but it got to be so chaotic because it was, I mean, they were massive. And there was a lot of people I really didn't want to see because a lot of the people that were there, I used to ignore a lot because they were always calling me, can you get me reservations? Can you get me this? Can you get me that? As I got more into being around certain people. So I, I, I've been to a lot of mafia funerals that were colorful. <laughs> All right, next is from... Peter, Johnny, I'm always looking for places to get takeout in order to support local businesses. What New York restaurants do you suggest? Well, first of all, do you live in New York? So I want the food to come to you cold. Ah, <laughs> I would assume so. So where, where do you live? And I'll give you some, I can give you Beverly Hills. Wherever you live, do we know where <laughs> your guy lives? I got a lot of restaurants that I'd like. Are there any that you're, you are you trying to, to support during this time? I, to me, small business, they all need our support. Promolas, I mean, I can name just around my neighborhood. Scanatella's on the corner here. Villa Capri. The foods are phenomenal, and uh, I think we need, no matter, how about barbershops, anything that's small business, we got to contribute. And if, if I were you, wherever you live, 
support your own neighborhood. As every listener should. Next. Yeah. All right. Next is from Lisa. Gianni, I recently purchased one of each pasta sauce from Corleone Fine Italian Foods. Which is your favorite? Well, I like spice, so mine's a rabbiato. <laughs> I wish we could ask her if she liked them. She only said she purchased them. She don't, okay. Yeah, maybe maybe she hasn't gotten them yet. Oh, okay. I guess maybe she'll write back. She will now. Okay. <laughs> Next is from Pauline. Pauline says, Gianni, did you ever meet Henry Hill? If so, what was he like? I met Henry Hill, and I didn't like him when I met him, and now I know why I didn't like him. He's a rat. <laughs> <laughs> it was a brief encounter. <laughs> no, I met Henry Hill on his deathbed. Well, you met him on his deathbed? Really? Wow. Over the phone, uh, we were looking for blurbs for uh, a, a book I wrote called Undercover Cop. This was about six years ago. And uh, the publisher said, you know Henry Hill? We grew up in the same Queens neighborhood, and I didn't, you know, I'd say I'm on the street, hi, hi, how you doing? But they said, you know, if you can find him, well, I, didn't, I haven't seen Henry Hill in 30 years. Anyway, I find out he's in a hospital, and I call the hospital, and I have his brother on the phone, who I didn't know, and I introduced myself on the phone, and I told him who I was. I was right up front, and I said, we're writing this book about uh, mafia types, and uh, I'd like uh, Henry to give us a blurb he's got his voice down low he said uh henry's in the next room he's dying i said dying he said he, he, he can't last a couple more days i said i apologize i mean i felt so bad i'm, I'm looking to advance the you know the sales of my books i said i'm so sorry he said no 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 no, no. hold on i'll get him for you <laughs> oh my gosh that's the call transferred to henry and he didn't care who I, he didn't know who I was. He didn't and care. He, he was all drugged up. But I said, you know, I, I, I'm very sorry, and I, I hope you're feeling better. What am I going to say? Hello. Uh, and I'm, I'm sorry I, I bothered you, but, and I told him what I wanted. He says, I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it. He says, yeah, great book. That's what's on the back cover. Great book. <laughs> That's my that experience with him. No, knowing your humor, I thought he was going to say, uh, <laughs> he died the next, he died the next day. He, he, he died the oh, next wow. day. Oh, that's wow. Yeah. The, the way I met Henry Hill is, I mean, I used to date Kathy Burke, Jimmy Burke's daughter. So I met, I met Henry when he was in the graces of everybody. <laughs> but, uh, so Henry gave me a blurb, never read the book. Jimmy the Gent. All right. Wherever Moving he was on. going, if the, if, if the heat didn't burn it up, maybe he read it. There you go. <laughs> All right, next one is from George. George says, Gianni, do you have any never-before-seen photos with celebrities or mobsters anywhere that you could possibly share with us on Instagram? I love seeing your old photos. Well, you're going to have the opportunity because, um, well, you're going to know anyway by this time, if you are a member of the family and at a certain status, I'm sharing all of my photographs and they'll be for sale to members who are in our family. So your answer is I have 3,600 pictures in my scrapbook. And if you're at a high level in our family, 
You could even come and peruse them in my living room. <laughs> Great answer. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Next is from Marcus. Marcus says, Gianni, I have read different places before that you grew up in both Manhattan's Little Italy and Staten Island. How is that so? I, we, I spent a lot of time on Staten Island later on. My grandparents lived there. My family lived there. And uh, I spent a lot of time there. I don't want to get into, because then I'm opening a lot of doors. But uh, I have tremendous respect for, I mean, my grandfather built a shrine in Rosebank, Staten Island, that I had Mayor Dinkins sanction as a national monument for the state. But um, th that, that's a deep-seated question. And Pat and I made a decision. We didn't want me to be in so many locations. And with the understanding of how we're writing this, and I think what Pat did in making the decision where we centralized New York, Manhattan, Little Italy, to bring in other boroughs, I think we would just broaden it and uh, answer that, Pat, with me. You, you. Yeah, well, you want to centralize uh, every story. I mean, you've been around for many, many years, and you, you've had a, a wide and varied life. To write it all, you would have needed an encyclopedia, and I'm not exaggerating. So you want to get the best of your life in one book. And as you say, to have you wandering all over the city, all over the country, you lived in so many places, we couldn't possibly do that and hold interest. Yeah. The reader right. wants to wants to have different things happen. Constant conflict on every page. Keep the thing moving. Uh, don't have any boring parts, and obviously there aren't in that book. Uh, so you, you, you can't put everything in. And I've been asked this question, on the streets even. And I, I said it was a creative decision we had to make for that same reason. So I'm glad we're putting it out on the air now. Yeah. Because there's people from Staten Island who won't talk to me no more. Because I didn't mention <laughs> their name. Well, how many names can I mention? Like you said. Exactly. It'd be like the phone book. Anyway, yeah. moving on. All right. Before we move on to the next one, we need to take a quick break. All right. I like taking breaks. We're getting more commercial spots, especially this particular one. It's one of my favorite. We'll be right back. Our second sponsor tonight is very close to me personally because you know how I love to dress. La Cosa Mia will be coming soon. This is just a teaser. Each week we'll be bringing you more ways to get in touch once their website is up. This line of clothing is from all over the world and I'm sure you'll want to wear it. Oh, we're back with the mailbag. All right, let's get back into it. Next one is from Laura. Laura says, Gianni, did you ever know Jane Mansfield or Mickey Hargitay? I met Jane Mansfield while she had a romance with a guy I went into business with. And uh, do I want to mention his name? No. Anyway. Um, I think about it. Uh, no, no, I don't think <laughs> Maybe so. Maybe not. But anyway. But uh, I met her very briefly, and I, I loved watching her little girl on Law and Order. It just has a certain thing with me that. Uh, oh, she's my favorite. Reason. Yeah, I know she is to you too. Yeah. How about Mickey Hargitay? No, no, I never met him. No, no. 
Did you ever meet Mariska? Who? No, Mariska, I, I knew her as a little girl, yeah. I met her when she was living in this guy's house. Oh. Before the accident. Oh, yeah, no, on Coldwater Canyon. Well, you've got to got to get that relationship back up and running because I'm trying to <laughs> trying to have lunch with her or something. Well, I think I could do that very easily, but I want to do it. In no, a, I'm, in only a, yeah. I'm only kidding. I'm only kidding. But, you know, I never did Law and Order. And I used to see this guy all the time up in Elaine's and a typical Hollywood guy. Oh, no, I'm going to get you on the show. I didn't forget about you. Before I even asked him, he would say that. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you when would they be perfect that, for that show. Well, yeah, but now now all the mobsters are Russian, so I can't do Russian accents. <laughs> <laughs> I was in the beginning when they were using Italians. <laughs> hmm. All right, next one is from Maria. Maria says, Gianni, what is your most prized photograph, and who is it with or of? Pope John Paul II, many of them. They're my treasures now, especially that he's a saint. Even my grandchildren. My, one of my grandchildren have one of my favorite pictures. They put it in the Monsignor's office in the school in Puglia, blown up. <laughs> Which I love that story because he was with a group of classmates and he said, oh, that's Poppy. And the nun said, oh, that's... That's everybody's poppy. He said, no, no, the guy with him. That's my grandfather. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Do, uh, this might sound like an ignorant question, but do popes sign their pictures? No, no. I have a lot of stuff <laughs> signed. I could He would have signed it for me. I would never, no. Uh, the, the pictures, well, most of the pictures that I have uh, were with him. Most of them were at the Vatican. And then uh, one time I traveled with him in the United States. So the photographer, the unit photographer from the Vatican, I don't know how many lira I gave this guy, but he gave me a copy of everything. I could have do, I could wallpaper a mansion with them, but um, they're very valuable now, I guess. But they have copies of them. But to me, that was a, a really a treasured time to to have the one on one with them, actually, even. But uh, it was great. That's my treasured photograph. It's hmm, a good one. Next is from Lenny. Gianni, what did you know about Marlon Brando's childhood and his mother, Dorothy, or Dodie? Well, you know, I, I met, it's so, so ironic that you brought that up. I never knew he was from Chicago, the suburbs in Chicago. And I'm in a restaurant not too long ago and uh, with some friends of mine that we had to go see somebody. That, that's a typical uh, uh, mob conversation. I was with somebody, we had to go see somebody. <laughs> and, and, and out of respect, I went, so we, we still got nowhere. But there was a guy at the bar who was ancient, and his older brother was an usher in the theater with Marlon Brando in this local little city. Is that wild? Marlon Brando was enamored with the movies early on, that he became an usher. Wow. And that's what, hmm. which is, I never heard that about him. Interesting. Yep. 
All right, next one is from Daniel. Daniel says, Patrick and Megan, have either of you ever been recognized on the streets for your contribution to the podcast? Well. No. I would, I would think both of you had to, but where, where I live, what's his name, Daniel? Yeah. Well, Daniel, where I live, they don't have any streets. <laughs> uh, I, I, I would, you know, the first time I took my boys to uh, New York, they must have been like five and seven. They wanted to see where daddy grew up. I brought him down to Little Italy. I believe that's the first time they ever saw a sidewalk. Are you serious, though? You're, you're serious. I thought he was kidding. Yeah, I'm serious. There's no sidewalks here. Wow. Yeah. But you have streets. Yeah, but it's the, the lawn is right up to the road. There's no sidewalk. Oh, well. Okay. Uh, I, I brought them to uh, the restaurant and right across from uh, from the courthouse, the Italian place. What's the name of it? Johnny. Why'd you take them there? That's interesting. Because my father took me there when I was there. Oh, that's the, that's the reason. Uh -huh. I knew they had to be reason. First time they had real Italian food. They had they had Italian food here. What passes for it? Right. But when they had genuine Italian food. Uh, uh, Bellini's. Okay. You know Bellini's? Yeah, I knew of it. Yeah. Well, that's my dad brought me there. <laughs> yeah, that was a famous restaurant because of being across from the courthouse. Yeah, and it's still there. And a lot of uh, restaurant scenes from Law and Order were shot there. Right. Many. But uh, really, yeah. They ate there, and he said. This is real Italian food, and they were never able to have Italian food around here again and like it, like they did before we left. That's well. They got the real article. But uh, so, uh, no, sorry, Daniel. I'm not recognized <laughs> on the street. Well, yeah, first of all, I, th I, think, I think Pat, uh, somebody must be after him because where he lives, you can't find him. And I, I don't, I, I don't even know where he lives. <laughs> no. He don't give me an address. So. <laughs> <laughs> everybody I'm in the witness protection program <laughs> well to answer Daniel's question on my behalf um, the only times I've ever been recognized was at one of Gianni's events where the people around him were very aware of him and me but other than that no no not randomly recognized not well, now that we're doing videos, you'll be recognized. That's it, too. I was just yeah, going to say my that. my face hasn't been out there very much. That's what I was going to say, because unless we were in a, a publicity shot together, which we have many of those, uh, now that we're going to video, which you'll be hearing about, or we'll, we'll be in video by the time you hear the show, actually, <laughs> then, right. and, and then uh, they'll all be recognized. And so it'll be perfect. Next. All right. Next is from Michael. Gianni, who is your biggest inspiration right now? Patrick, how about you? Right now? Wow. That's a good one. I, My biggest inspiration. See, th th this is the downside of not having the questions before we air. No, but right. I think it's good that we do. This takes some thought, and it's a very good question. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I, I'm very fascinated in the business, you mean? I have so many people because I'm in so many businesses. Yes, it just could be anybody. Yeah. Well, I think you get more inspiration when you're younger than you do when you're our age. Is that would that be a yeah? That, yeah. How about you, Megan? Who who's yeah? You answer the question. Um. Yeah, it is tough to think of right on the spot. Um. Okay. 
I guess we don't answer that question right now. So far, you got ums and mm and ah. Let's tell you, let me just throw something in it. When I was younger. When uh, I was 22? <laughs> a, a lot younger. I was maybe in the fifth grade. Uh, we used to go home for lunch in school, and there was a, uh, back then, there were actual cops, uniformed police officers, who would uh, do the school crossings and direct traffic. Now they're school guards, but they weren't right. back then. And there was a cop named Bill Clark. He was a, a regular patrolman, and he was the friendliest guy, and it was he had a lot to do with me going on the police department. I was just going to say, it must have influenced you to become a cop. Yeah, he was very, very, very pleasant. He invited me, me and my family down to the precinct and to look around, and he just liked kids. He had a whole, he had a big family himself. Uh, he's long gone now, uh, obviously, but I, I, I admired him, and I was influenced by him. But at this age of 74, uh, not much inspires me now. No. Do my thing. I think I have my answer. Okay, good. What um, is it? Aside from my normal, I mean, I have so many people that I look up to that I could name right off the bat. That is just all the time. But currently, um, I actually had a question about this earlier, which I, which I found fascinating. But I'm reading a book about the life story of Marlon Brando currently. Oh, wow. So very on-brand answer. I would say Marlon Brando because what I, I'm still only into the beginning. It's about you know his childhood and his young years and how he really didn't want to act, but he had no money, so he had to. Who's and it's author? funny because he, um, the author is. Let me look over here, Zach. The author is William J. Mann. It's called The Story of Marlon Brando, The Contender. Oh, that's right. You, you sent me the cover that you were reading. That, yeah. I did. I sent you a cover. Um, the contender. One thing that I'm, I've found really fascinating about him so far um, that I think is, is cool to think about is um, he really wasn't intimidated by acting at all. He wasn't really like afraid. He truly just didn't care that much. But yet everybody found him to be so genius because That's what it was. I, guess, I mean, I guess bottom line, he didn't overthink anything. He didn't really think too much into it. He just did it. I mean, he the people that was people around him and that they praised him, Stella Adler, all of them are saying just what you said. He was just a natural because he didn't care what you said. He did what he wanted to do. And that was a style that, you know, that that's who he is and was. Worked for him. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. So yeah, I just found I found that fascinating the fact that he didn't really care that much and he just went with it and it worked out well <laughs> well he's not being afraid i guess well i guess now we have to say that in in 71 i looked up to him then too because <laughs> he was my acting teacher <laughs> right it yeah. seemed like he was just a genius everything he did was right there you go so we actually answered the question there you go there we go all right, before we get into our last few, we got to take another commercial break. All right, we'll be right back. And this is for my friend, Patrick. Hi, Patrick Picciarelli here. Before we get to our listeners' emails, a quick word about the new fiction book series I've launched. Private investigator Ray Yale tackles his first two cases in Bloodshot Eyes and The Pop Line. Both books are in paperback and are available on Amazon.com. I've been a PI for 30 years, and these books are based on my cases. Enjoy. All right, we're back. All right, next one is from Jack. Jack says, when I was younger, I always had a fascination with men who could dress. 
And that still goes for today when I see photos of you, Gianni. What is your favorite color to wear and what goes into picking your outfits? I love color. I mean, I, I used to, I mean, as I got older, I had a mentor early on. His name was Johnny Agnelli. Look him up. And he was always criticized, not always praised, about his style, his, his flair for color. And he taught me, and he said, don't ever let anybody talk you out of your color. So I, I love color. I love, as well, if you saw any photographs of me, and fortunately, even my fashion line now, I mean, not, if you're not aware of it by now, being March, it's uh, La Cosa Mia by Gianni, and it's all color. And um, I, I love color. And, and picking colors and coordinating it, to me, is like, you know, picking out a rainbow. It all blends and looks great, and it inspires you. So I'm a walking rainbow. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. a lot worse, man. Oh, yeah, and I have been. <laughs> all right, next is from Stephen. Gianni and Patrick, if you had to choose, who is better, Dean Martin or Frank Sinatra? In what category now? In totally? I guess, I guess music. Oh, I don't think anybody ever beat Sinatra. No, Sinatra music, that's what I was saying, in what category. And not only that, acting too. Yeah, I mean, I mean to me, D Dean was an all-around better person. Yeah. Because, you know, he's just... About a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, this guy was one of a kind. Frank yeah. was, again, multi-personalities, as we were, you'll be reading our book about. So, I mean, he, he was more complex and when, when he put his mind to something, he was a perfectionist, which you'll read at the end of our book, why and why he stayed in too long. But, uh, no, Fra Frankers are one of a kind. I mean, you can't, this, I mean, there's, there's just so many accolades. So there's your answer. All right, there we go. Last one for tonight is from Leslie. Leslie asks, Gianni, when you leave your legacy someday, what would you like to be remembered for most? A nice guy. I can attest to that. Yeah, absolutely. That's all I want. I mean, I've been, I've been blessed. I have been blessed to do what I want to do with the people I want to do it. And I'm, you know, I'm, I think I'm successful. You are? And I just want to be a so. nice guy. Hey, if you, count nice success, if you count success by the number of friends and the people that admire you, then you are successful. Yeah, I am. I'm blessed. That, that, that's how success should be defined. In fact, how much money you have, or it's it's what people think of you, and uh, you're you're highly thought of. Thank you. I appreciate mm -hmm. that. Especially the people that matter. Look, I yes. appreciate that. In fact, I'll have that on my tombstone. <laughs> he used to be the kid. <laughs> He used to be the kid, but now he's just a nice guy. <laughs> no, he's just a nice guy. <laughs> Thank right, you all. For tonight. We appreciate you. Believe me, we do. And yeah. we, we're not going anywhere anymore. You, you've, you've given us the staying power. We want you to stay with us. Write reviews. Subscribe. We're going to have a lot of fun this year. There's so many things going on, which we're including you in every part of it. So... Stay safe, wear a mask, and God bless you. Have a good night. Good night, guys. Oh, 
If you're feeling sad and lonely, there's a service I could render. I'm the one who loves you only. I could be so warm, so tender. Call me. Don't be afraid, you can call me. Maybe it's late, but just call me. Tell me and I'll be around. Thank you for tuning in to the Hollywood Godfather podcast. You can contact Gianni Russo, Patrick Picciarelli, or myself with your questions and comments through the contact section of our website, hollywoodgodfatherpodcast.com. You can also call and leave us a message at 646-776-3038. Regarding Gianni's motivational speaking appearances, you can visit his website, giannirusso.com. You can also visit amazon.com for a listing of books Patrick Picciarelli has written. Remember to follow us on Instagram at Hollywood Godfather Podcast, as well as leave us a review on iTunes. We'd like to know what you like about what we're doing, what you'd like to hear in the future, and anything else you might suggest to improve our podcast. Most importantly, hit the subscribe button. We'll be back next week with stories of the mob and Hollywood, as well as answers to your emails and voicemails. Good night. Welcome to Feinstein's. I love being here, man. It's so much fun.